Welcome back to another No Regrets Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Morton, and I am joined as usual by my beautiful wife, Carla. Hello. That's you. Yeah. Answer answer to your name. Okay, gotcha. I'm here. You're here. All right. Um, Today, what we want to talk about is sort of the idea of how can you create a legacy family? And I guess this is, you know, this is really designed, and I guess, for people who are having children, married and having children. Or thinking that you will one day have children. Or thinking that they will have children one day. Yeah, it's not for someone who's, you know, decided that God's called them to not have children because it's something he wants them to do. Because uh, obviously there won't be a family that you're creating there. Um, you know, I love the quote. The idea that, hey, an inheritance is something you leave behind, but a legacy is something you forge. Because it gets beyond that, you know, an inheritance, you know, yeah, you may leave behind money. You may leave behind, you know, the lake house or cars or possessions or your, you know, your ugly tie collection or whatever or, it might be. Or, or debt. Or debts. Yeah, we've known people uh, that's happened to. You promise not to. My mom left us an attic full of junk to clean out. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, your your inheritance, what you leave behind, is really the stuff primarily that you leave behind. And I think everybody, we'd love to be able to leave our children a nice inheritance. But as nice as that would be, leaving a legacy is so much better and so more far-reaching. Uh, a legacy is something you build, something you develop, something you grow or forge is the word we like to use a lot. But it's something that can carry on from generation to generation to generation, which I think is what Scripture talks about doing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, throughout Scripture, you know, even in cases where they're not good, you know, examples, you see that idea that faith, or lack of faith, um, the way we parent, the priorities we have, what is important to us, that is part of what we hand down, create, forge to the next generation. And then with the hope that that would go on and on and on. Yeah, when we talk about a legacy, let's face it. I mean, ideally, we want to leave a positive legacy. Yes. and We call that, you know, no offense, Tony Evans, stealing from you, uh, a kingdom legacy. And I'm not really stealing from him because I think that's the biblical term. talks about the kingdom of God that we want to build. Or, or even the other word we use sometimes is sort of an eternal legacy. Okay, yeah, a legacy that's built more than just on the here and now. Right, and that's, of course, when you're thinking about your faith and what things are going to last forever what things are going to have that kind of impact. Those are the things we're talking about. Okay, now Carla makes fun of me because she makes fun of my definitions because I like to create these pretty invested definitions on some of the terms that we use. All right, no, no, no. Let me correct this. Okay. <laughs> I, yes, I sort of kind of do make fun, but, the, but it's not of the work itself. I mean, the work itself is stellar. And Thank you. Put you. A lot of I appreciate that. And heart and mind and effort into it. And you're very great wordsmith. 
the challenge. <laughs> Nobody's going to remember No that. one is going to remember these because they're too long. I don't think so. This is shorter than some of the others, so here goes. Right. You know, I guess we'd ask the question, what is an eternal legacy or what's a kingdom legacy? What kind of legacy as followers of Jesus Christ do we want to leave to our children and the generations beyond them? So here you go. Here's our definition, and we'll sort of break this down as we go along. Hey, a kingdom legacy, it's a model of faith in God. It's evidenced by primarily a pursuit of eternal treasures rather than temporal things. It's revealed in a marriage that portrays the gospel, and it focuses on building godly generation. It sets a path to follow that impacts the world for the glory of God from generation to generation. Well, I love that, and I really think somebody should probably paint that. And put yes, that on it, it would be be a great thing on the wall. I don't yeah. think people do that and anymore. One of our but listeners would do that. That'd be great. So no. The but thing, here's let's let's break it down. This is the problem with your definition. Yes, I know. You have to break them down because they're too. But hard. that's okay. All right, but go ahead. That's break okay. We'll break it down. Uh, I think one of the things we I know when we talked about this is one of the things that sets aside. Christ followers from people who don't know Jesus is that we're living in light. We should be living in light of eternity. I mean, that's what we do. You know, Paul, all throughout his writings, he talks about we're not citizens of this world. Yes, we live in this world. And while we're here, we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. But our citizenship is in another country. We have an eternal part to invest in. You know, Jesus said, hey, don't store up treasures here on earth, store up in heaven. And that's a mindset that what we do in our lives has an impact for eternity. So I think that's one of the big things that separates us. I mean, it does. And when you, when I just listen to you and I hear that, and I know that truth also, and we believe it, but man, you know, it is easy to get pulled away from that. It is so easy to lose focus when you're thinking about your children and the family you're raising and who comes behind you to get sucked into, we need to do this and this and this and this and all these things that, yes, they have value, they are important, but man, they are not eternal. You know, we were, we were having a conversation earlier today about the idea what sets apart those men and women that we see as giants of the faith. And I think the thing that I settled on, yeah, obviously it's because they know Jesus and they probably know the word very well, but they live their lives as if they're part of something bigger and greater than they are. And that's, I think, what God has called us to do. And I think that does need to be sort of that overarching of everything we do. Then when we realize, hey, in my marriage, yes, I'm getting married today and I'm going to live with this woman for the rest of my life. But it also has an impact on the next, what comes after this. And that is, that's the thing we talk a lot about the couples and we write about and speak about is the idea that we do not live in a vacuum. And this is no more clear in this discussion around man. Do our marriages matter? Absolutely. Not just for the two of us, 
that they matter for your children. They matter for your grandchildren. They matter as part of that legacy you leave. And so, again, keeping things in light of eternity and the perspective of what the what you want, man, that's helpful in making the choices we make day in and day out. Okay, so we talked about the idea. It, it, it involves an eternal perspective, not a temporal one. Uh, I think the other thing is that a legacy family begins with a legacy marriage. Yeah, you're not going to honestly have the same um, impact, I don't think, in most cases, without that being one of the foundational things. You know, what's the thing we'd say all the time? What's the greatest gift you can give to your children? Obviously, I think the gift of faith Oh, absolutely. And seeing them Passing come to Christ. The faith, yeah. Truly, a number one. But after that. Yeah, after that, the idea of what do they have that are those pillars of strength and safety and support. It is their mom and dad in a strong, healthy marriage. There is no better environment to flourish in, to learn, to grow, to become everything they need to be and to learn how to do relationships well, which is all of our human experience. Yeah, it's almost sort of counterintuitive, the idea that, hey, what do you want to do to be a great parent? Be a great husband and wife. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying don't learn good things about parenting. Do. That's that's awesome. But we say all the time, more than anything like that, you give them a picture and a model of what a strong healthy marriage looks like, that will be the best gift you can ever give. Your kids. I mean, we live in a culture that more and more is devaluing marriage altogether. We see we have a culture that we have, you know, we can't even agree on what marriage is. Yeah. Now, the biblical view, marriage is between one man, one woman for life. And that's the ideal. But I think most of us as parents, we want our children to experience marriage the way God designed it to be. And the beginning point of that is modeling that from the time that they're young. Doesn't mean you have a perfect marriage. It means that together as a husband and wife, man, you are pursuing Christ and you're pursuing eternal things and putting the value on that and doing everything you can and keeping your marriage a priority in the family. Well, and I think it's it's the the truth also of you know we we don't teach with just our, our you know values are not called, taught taught sorry <laughs> values are not taught they are called and that is you know you don't sit your five year old and your ten year old down I and mean, you might at some point and say this is what marriage is and this is what we believe and those kind of things but they see it lived out they see what it looks like. Yeah, the classic, you know, classic Harry Chapin song, Cat in the Cradle, is that's what it talks all about. You know, you go through this whole song, and at the very end, he realizes, and not in a positive way in this case, that his son has grown up just like he is. Yeah. And, and so we cannot forget that ultimately, you know, the children follow what's modeled ahead of them. That's why we talk about, you know, a legacy as a model for other people to follow. So if the first part of 
leaving a great legacy, a kingdom legacy, an eternal legacy, is a healthy, strong marriage rooted in Christ. You know, man, mom, dad, that's where you need to be a lot of your focus. You know, if you were looking, I love this idea of looking ahead to the future. And if you were looking ahead to your 50th anniversary, what kind of marriage would you want people to say that you have? What are the things you would want them to say about you as a married couple? Well, guess what? Whatever you want that to be, and I think probably most of us would hope for really, really good things to be said about us, how well we loved each other, how faithful we were to each other. You know, we were great moms and dad, all of that. Well, if that's what you want, then you better start doing the things now that make sure that's going to happen in the future. That same, yeah, live with the end in mind. I can remember years ago when I was first starting out in ministry, went to some conference and, and that's what the speaker had us do. He had us basically observe our own funeral and asking if you had people speak about you, what would you want them to say? And the things had nothing to do with money or possessions. It was all about relationships. And he said, if that's what you want at the end of your life, are you living your life that way now so that that's the outcome? So think about that. What kind of marriage legacy do you want to leave your children? And I think all of us, if you had to answer that, hey, one that's faithful, one that's loving, one that's rooted in service to your spouse, to love each other sacrificially, unconditionally and one that makes sure that your marriage is a priority. We talk about the other part of a kingdom legacy family, and that's obviously your children. Because what you want them to do is to take the values that you taught them and to continue that for generation to generation. And so you can almost ask that same kind of question that we just talked about, hey, your 50th anniversary, when your child graduates from college. What do you envision? Yeah, what do you envision? What do you, what do you want for them? What do you want them to be like? What is the outcome? Well, yeah, what's your goal here? And granted, we realize that we're talking human beings and human beings that will ultimately be responsible to make their own choices. So in me thinking about where I'd like to see my child when they're 25, that may or may not always be exactly what happens. But man, thinking about what I want, do I want, am I more concerned about a happy, well-adjusted, well-accomplished, well-suited for the work world child? And there's nothing wrong with any of those four statements whatsoever. But if that is my goal, they get a good job, they marry right, they land on their feet, you know, they're kind to other people, they're this and that, that's hugely different than if my intent and perspective is eternally, what do I want my child to know and understand at 25? Yeah, I think what we see a lot of, and I've worked with teenagers for years, so I've seen this, and I've seen the way that parents parent. And, And too often, I think what you see in this culture is one of two things. Either, hey, I really want to have happy children, I want my children to be happy. Whatever 
whatever that is. And that's where you take care of obstacles and you do all of that for them. So they're going to be happy. You're either helicoptering or you're lawn mowing. The other one you see is I want my children to be successful. Good grades, right school, right resume, get into the you know places they and need to be. Neither, those aren't bad things. I think we do. We want our children to be happy. We want them to be successful in what they do. But the most important thing, I think what Scripture says, is our goal as parents is to raise godly generations. Yeah. And so our biggest responsibility is to teach them to be godly and to model that for them. And that means that, you know, when they reach that graduation age that we threw out there a minute ago, man, do they know Jesus? And ultimately we know that that's their choice. They have to choose him. Have they learned to trust God, that God is good, even when things don't go their way? Have they learned the important lessons that, hey, failure is part of that growing process? Have they learned and seen both in their own lives and in their parent lives that God is daily trying to transform them into the image of Christ? And that's not always an easy, smooth thing. Yes, generally it never will be. I think it is so powerful when you get to hear stories about parents talking about something really hard, something really difficult in their life and the way they navigated it and the way they dealt with it and what that child was able to see modeled or exhibited. Again, not perfection, not sinlessness, but again, a deep faith in God that says God is good even though this doesn't feel good. And man, think of if you're believers and your hope and desire and prayers that your children are going to walk with God and know Him, what better gift to give them that kind of faith, that kind of ability to cling to God and trust Him in spite of hard places, as opposed to us trying to navigate and move out every obstacle that ever could be a problem. And I just think about stories that you hear all the time. And as you said, you were in teaching and coaching for a lot of your career. And so many times we would see parents literally try to move heaven and earth to make a given situation right for their child. And that may be their you know, schoolroom buddy. That may be who they have to room with it cheerleading camp that may be I, my child got cut from the team this isn't okay I'm going to talk to somebody about this they're not getting enough playing time and again I'm not saying there are times that you don't advocate and you go and something may need to be said or done but man if we show our children that those things are the end of the world that that's what it's all about well guess what your 25 year old and your 30 year old is going to think they're going to think all those things are just the biggest, largest things in life when they're not. Yeah, I think it it goes back to what we started out with, the idea that what's the most valuable are those things that last for eternity. Yeah. And sorry, but, you know, football championships, academic scholarships, those are great things, and we're not saying they're not. No, and it's 
nurture. But that to, to that. emphasize that over and above everything else. Yes. A faith and a trust and a reliance on God no matter the situation. And that includes allowing your children to go through hard things sometimes that are challenging to them and that really mold and forge the character that they're going to have and go through life with. I think one of the other things to me that's really sort of a critical point of this discussion is the idea that we can only give away what we have. And I can say academically in my head that if I'm a Christian, then I need to be able to pass my faith on to my children. I need to model it and demonstrate it. But if the reality is deep in my soul that I don't trust that God is good, that I don't understand that, that I'm not living that, that, that I haven't lived and learned that, I'm going to have a hard time giving that truth away because it's not something that I've embodied. You know, we've talked a lot in our seminars, podcasts, and everything that so much of what we learned was from our mistakes and not doing things well. And we talked about how really unprepared we were when it came to dealing with conflict and really loving each other. Why that's something we had to really learn and grow into. But I do, as I look back on our life and I look back at the hardest moments of our life, I think the best thing we gave our children was the idea that we never let our faith in God waver. They knew that no matter how hard and how difficult the times were, man, that we really trusted and rested in God in those times. And, you know, I know we probably did a lot of things wrong in our life. Yes, that laundry list is way long. But that was, and, and I think that, you know, and thank you, Jesus, that, you know, we're in a place today where, man, our kids are walking with Jesus and he's their love and he's their priority. You know, I think about, you know, you talk about the modeling. Uh, you know, I've, I've always said for years and, I've, you know, especially when I was teaching and that the importance of, you know, developing that intimate relationship with Christ by spending time in his word and prayer. And, you know, for those of who know my wife, she is a, you know, she's a champion in those areas. And every morning, doesn't matter pretty much wherever we are, that's how she starts. That and coffee is how she starts out her day. Jesus and coffee. Love but if you asked our children, hey, what did your mom do this morning? I guarantee you they could tell you because they saw that modeled for year after year. And I think one of the reasons they love the word and that they themselves are pursuing Christ through prayer and studying scripture is because they saw it modeled. So well, good job, Carla. Well, you know, and I, again, this is except by the grace of God that they are where they are right now. Um, and, and might I just add without doing another podcast on this, that hasn't always been the case. No. And so, um, but I think, again, just in talking about this piece, because obviously we believe marriage, you know, is such a core component of the ability to have that eternal legacy in your family. And so they, they fit together hand in glove, you know, 
so much so, but I think we want to be balanced in that. You can't think I'm just going to be the best parent on the planet, da-da-da, and then your marriage not be a priority because your kids will see through that. They won't, they won't learn key things they need to learn. So, so hopefully we've given you a little sampling of what we think is really critical when you're thinking about, like you said, Johnny, where do you want to be at the end? What do you want yeah. to be said? What are you trying to yeah. live on? your life with the end in mind? And so I guess I would, I guess I just wrap it up in three, and I'm going to say simple things, but they're not, but I think three truths. Man, how do you build that kind of kingdom legacy? that's going to last for generation to generation. You know, one, as an individual, as a mom, as a dad, you need to be pursuing Christ every day. I mean, that needs to be your number one priority, your relationship with God. Second, before your job, even before your children, your marriage should come next. You want to make sure that they see the kind of marriage, not perfect, but a marriage and a mom and a dad who love each other and who love God together. And the final thing is you want to teach your children that, man, God is good all the time and that they can trust him no matter what the circumstances are, whether they succeed or fail, God is always good and they can trust him. Man, you teach your kids that, man, that's the kind of a family that's going to impact the culture and succeeding generations over and over again. So on that note, we just want to say, man, thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of this ministry with us. And as always, we want to challenge you to keep on forging.